0: Welcome to The Reclaimed Leader, a podcast by two pastors trying to lead their churches through revitalization and change. Their mission, to share their journey with you so it might help you in yours. And now, here, please welcome our hosts, Jason Tucker and Jesse Skiffington. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 36 of The Reclaimed Leader, helping you lead change without losing your roots. I am Jason Tucker, here with Jesse Skiffington. How are you doing, Jesse?
1: I'm doing very well, Jason. Before we came on, I was lamenting how I have unwittingly created more work for myself. Uh, and man, is that not... Every- Congratulations. Yeah, that's every leader's dilemma, right? We We have great ideas and then we start to implement them and we go, why did I do that <laughs> anyway, uh, but uh, no, really good to be together again. And we're heading towards summer mode in kind of real time on the podcast. It's June. Uh, hard to believe that uh, we've come to that season. We're looking kind of down. And uh, what is school schedule like out there in New Jersey? We we don't get done until um, later June after Father's Day, I think, here with our school stuff. But
0: Yeah, we're in the same boat. We're in the same okay. boat. I think our kids are done on the 22nd.
1: Yeah, I think we're kind of around there. So we're we're gearing up towards summer. We got all kinds of great ideas and plans and things. And um, it's really great when you're seeing new faces around the church and people diving in and wanting to get involved. But one thing that we noticed, and this relates to our conversation we're having today here, is that as you grow, even if it's not like explosive growth or something that people talk about out there, but even if it's turnover growth, where people are kind of coming and going because it's a season of transition or whatever. But if you have new people coming into the life of the church that are sticking around for a variety of reasons, um, there's some challenges that come with that, that we're starting to notice about how to bring the two parts of the family together, that the part that's been here for years and help create the, the change and the environments that the new people are drawn to and wanting to be a part of. And then the new people that don't know who's been here for 30 years and who've been here for 10 minutes and they don't necessarily care either. And so how do you bring those folks together? And so um, anyway, our summer of fun that we're working on has created a lot of work for me. But the goal, (laughs) the intention of that is to bring those communities together and to become a family. And so our thought really was, instead of um, doing some spiritual thing or getting everybody in a room and telling them, now you like each other, we said, let's just build community by having fun. So whether that's the right idea or not, I don't know. Uh, but that's what we're talking about today. What happens when you grow? Uh, how? What are some things to look for uh, to kind of understand if you are growing versus maybe declining? And how do you kind of get clear about the direction things are heading in when it comes to that word that makes everybody nervous, uh, grow? And so that's our conversation today.
0: Well, and growth has its own challenges. Uh, and one of those challenges is psychological. Uh, you know, people will start saying things. There's some indicators when people are are getting uncomfortable with growth. And that is, you'll hear things like, I don't know everyone. Who are these people? I don't know them. I don't know them anymore. And, and that's really just a cry to like, man, I, I really feel that church should be a place where I know everyone, which is impossible it, the more and more you grow. Uh, and actually, I've had that thought even as a pastor. <laughs> Who are they? Who these are people? you? Like, like I really I don't know either. Um but you also get a sense some people believe that that really um healthy church equals I know everybody in the room. That's
1: right. And yeah.
0: and that's just maybe you uh, agree with that. Um if you're listening to us. I don't. So I believe that um it's really good to have meaningful relationships in the life of the church. Um because you have to do life with other Christians. And I think that's the way that God God works his mission through the local church, through people doing the work together. Uh, I believe theologically that's really important, but I don't think it's necessary to know everyone in the church because that's the big knock on the mega church, right? It's, it's too big. It's too big. It's too many people, too many notes, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's right. And but What they do really well is they are able to divide people up so that they have some kind of small groups, cohorts, tribes, people who are doing life together and growing in their faith together. But that's definitely one of the things that comes up when you start talking about growth or experiencing growth.
1: And I think here's the thing, and this is my experience growing up. I grew up in a small town uh, north of Seattle. Um, I think the town is 800 people. The greater area that draws the school um, is is maybe 3,000 or a little more. And I went uh, I went to school with uh, between 35 and 45 students in my whole class from the time I was in elementary school all the way through high school. I think we added a few more later and I graduated with 46, okay, uh, 46 students. And um, actually, incidentally, it's our 20-year 20, 20 an- uh, reunion this uh, summer. So, you know, 98 is great or whatever our motto was back then. Uh, so I got to decide whether I, I'm ready to, to dive into that. <laughs> But we had it was a close knit family. We knew everybody, maybe too well in some cases, and and you kind of go through the ups and downs. It's like a family, really close in that way. And then I graduated from uh, Laconer High School, small town, and all those things. And I went to this place called the University of Washington, which I think at the time had something like thirty five thousand undergraduate students. Okay, so you went from forty six to you know ten thousand people in your class or whatever it was, and it changes things, but what that bigger system did was put you into classes and to groups of smaller sizes. And i found many significant relationships in the context of that mega institution, including a large college ministry that had small groups that I became a part of. And so I think the journey is not so much whether you should be big or small, whether you should know anybody or everybody or not, but how do you, how do we create a community that has meaningful points of relationship engagement, whatever size we are. Right. I think, uh, and to your point, you, if we get stuck around that notion that I need to know everybody in the church uh, in order for it to really be a community, um, I guess the short version of my whole story there is um, that's going to be a significant obstacle to growth. And will it make growth, when it does happen, even mis- more disorienting, potentially even frustrating for the people that have been around? And so we got to create a vision for growth. And then systems that correspond with that growth to make sure that people are still connecting in community together. So anyway, that was a sort of a wandering story to make a very short point.
0: But but I I think you don't have to do too much unpacking to find that the whole, I have to know everybody in the church model really isn't very scriptural. Um, Otherwise, the church would have been limited to the people that the apostles knew. And you know, never would have gone anywhere else. I mean, Paul wouldn't have done what he did in that's setting right. up all those ecclesias all over the Mediterranean, right? I mean, yeah. the missionary
1: just, nature of the church would be right. interrupted if it, if that's what our criteria right. was. For
0: the church. But but I've I also let's kind of bracket uh, you know, kind of some dealing with some of the issues of growth. I want to have a a conversation that kind of precedes that, and it's kind of based around. I felt in seminary that when you talked about growth as far as numbers, that that was sort of like a dirty word. That because we're so allergic to the idea that it's just about attendance. And and I think, I don't want to say rightfully so, I think there is a big truth in that. That it isn't just about attendance. But on the other hand, how do you talk about growth without including people kind of voting with their feet and showing up and getting engaged and involved. I mean, isn't the whole goal to keep reaching more and more people for the sake of the gospel growth means a lot of different things that we'll kind of get into. We have Bob Weitzel's stuff when he when he unpacks, uh, acts to 42 and, um, 46, yeah. 42 to 46. Yeah. And he unpacks that really well. We'll review that at the end because there's a lot of different ways of growth, but, I can't ignore the fact that growth to me feels like it it means reaching more people. Am I, what do you, do you agree with that? No,
1: I I think you're on track and I I do think it can, can, it can look differently, right? We're going to get to the the Bob Weitzel stuff about how do we know if we're growing What are some of the metrics beyond just the pews, number of people in the pews or seats or, you know, how giving's going. But really when I think about kind of what you're talking about is we, we need, we're, if we're kind of just inwardly focused and all we're doing is adding a few Christians that happen to come along and walk through the doors. Or maybe we create a really great version of church that all, you know, Christians from other churches decide to come and be a part of. I, I think that is a little bit of kind of gross growth. Like, is that what we're really after? But if we're yeah. able to reach people with the good news of Jesus in a way that is compelling, even if they're not sure about it yet, and they're, they're coming to be a part of our life together and we're growing in our influence and our ability to speak into people's lives, Christians and, and non-Christians, then then yeah, we should be growing. I, I, I think it, it's part of the nature of the church when we're healthy, is that we're able to reach people uh, with the good news of Jesus in a way that draws them into community, right? Isn't that the rhythm of the early church? Gathered, sent, share the news, see people believe, and then bring them back to gather again in increasing numbers. And Um, So it's not growth for growth's sake or so that we can feel really great about ourselves as leaders, though there's some weird dynamics when it comes to growth and our ego and our identity, right? If it's going well, we feel great about ourselves. If we, you know, if we have a bad month or something, we we wonder if, you know, we should quit and (laughs) go do something else with our lives, right? There's all those dynamics. But when it comes right down to it, if if we're not growing, if we're not reaching, then what are we doing? Um, Yeah. And and I think there's some hard truths that we have to face. Are we just playing church together? What's right. happening? And um, so,
0: or if we don't aspire to reach even, you know, like maybe we're right. not reaching yet, but we're trying. You that's know, right. um, it, it reminds me. So I I was suffering for Jesus this week up in uh, the Rockies, and I was in Colorado for training for mission training, and um, I had a little bit of time to myself. And every year I go out there, I drive up to Estes Park, and I go to my favorite coffee shop and sit by the big Thompson river that winds through town. Mm -hmm. And I just find it this great place to just reflect and to think. And and that's what I did. I just sat there and thought, and as I was watching the river, something occurred to me and, and I, I don't know if I was just, you know, really looking for something, but this is what came to me as far as I saw a relationship between the river and the church. So, one thing that I, I noticed was uh, all the different positions the rocks were in, and, and so if the river is culture and the rocks are the church, there are four types of rocks that I saw that I think are parallels to the church. Oh all man, right? this is getting all deep. Right? I like you, it. You with me? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, the first kind of rock I would call accidentally outside the river's flow. It, it maybe was once part of the river. But it's so far on the outside now that the water never touches it. I feel like that's that's where most churches, denominational churches in America, live. At one time, the river of culture uh, passed right over them or through them. It, it was part of their life, and now they are on the outside. They want the river to come back, but they don't necessarily know how to move or even think that they need to move. From the outside into the river, I'll give you an example I've shared this story before, but I just I, th- I think it's really uh, uh indicative of what I'm talking about is a couple of years ago when i when I was on a mission trip and went to worship at this other church and and they had the children's sermon. I think I told you this story, and uh, there were no children in the room, and they still had the children's sermon, not a, not a single child and, and I I thought he was kidding when at first he says, all right, we're going to have our children's sermon and, and no kids came. I seriously almost started laughing out loud. Like, Oh, that was a good one. Pastor. No, he went through the whole children's sermon with no children in the room. After the service, I went up to him and I'm like, yeah, so I was just trying to be nice, but I really wanted to know like, why did you make a sit through a pretty lengthy children's sermon, by the way? He said, uh,
1: it's, cause <laughs> I could tell that would work at your level as well. Yeah. He, yeah.
0: <laughs> probably. Yeah. But it basically indicated, um, well, a couple of times a year we get visitors who have children. And so we always plan to do the children's sermon. And, and I'm just like, so many things are wrong with that. I, the impulse to want to do something for the kids is great, but The water's not passing by the rock anymore. That's
1: right. Yeah. That's a really good insight, Jason, because I do think um, at one point it was, right? Like you said, and uh, there's a reason those churches were started, established, planted or whatever, where they were and they grew and they became something. Uh, And then the culture shifted. And like we've talked about, this is the whole kind of point of our podcast is that if we don't change and adapt within reason. Again, I, I have a feeling I know where you're going with this river uh, image. But if we don't, if we don't adapt, and if we don't continue to to, to do our part to stay connected to the river, pretty soon it's going to pass us by and leave us high and dry. And and we'll probably be beyond the point of where we could actually re-engage, right? Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. you know, see our conversation with, with Teresa uh, Swenson yeah. about, about that whole thing. And and that's hard. That's a hard truth to face. And so the work of change and adapting to culture appropriately without losing the center of the gospel and all those things is crucial, crucial work so that we yeah. stay connected to the river. All right, yeah, keep going because I like okay. this good stuff. Okay.
0: So first rock is accidentally outside the river. The second rock is intentionally outside the river. So I, I noticed that uh, there were rocks that were placed intentionally you know, by humans to uh, create a boundary that the water also never touches. And I was thinking about those churches that are like, you know what? Culture's culture. Either, either they think culture is evil, and so we're just not going to participate. We're not going to have a conversation with it. We're going to do our own kind of inside Christian thing, and we're good. Or it's it's like um, it's so evil that if we participate, we're going to be tainted by that water. Yeah. And uh, and so we're just not going to participate. And there are plenty of churches in that view. And then I was sure. the, the other two kinds of church. Well,
1: pause on that one. Yeah, real sure, quick sure. Because sure. I think um, what what is lost then? if you intentionally separate yourself from the river is an ability to influence or impact or reach anybody, right? Absolutely. Uh, out, outside of the Christian community. And so you kind of get in it pushed into an even more, more and more extreme position. I think, uh, in those cases, um, left or right, I'm not, not saying, um, one or the other, but I, I think that that's good insight that if you choose that route, you lose your influence in, in the world, uh, your ability to speak to, to culture and, That that's not good either.
0: Yeah, I mean, how are you going to speak Jesus to culture when you have no voice in culture?
1: Or and when you've come out overtly to say I despise what culture stands for, right? And I get it. There's some messed up things in our world right now that we as Christians need to sort of set ourselves not apart for whatever the right word is. Be careful about and thoughtful about, and uh, they don't reflect God's heart and His values. And so, what? How do we navigate that? It's an important question. for Christians, but if you lose your ability to to engage in the culture in um I don't know you, you've lost your voice and so yeah. um, you know what is Jesus doing all the time sitting around with who the Pharisees and the people that you know no, right that's easy jump to scripture sitting with yeah. tax collectors and sinners and man I' not I don't even do that I don't go that far you know but um you know maybe I should maybe that's what we need to be doing so yeah. Good.
0: Yeah. So okay. So those are the two rocks that are outside like the river. Now the next two are inside the river, which I would say both versions are good in their in their own right. I think one's more strategic and intentional. So uh, the first kind of rock is a rock that's at the bottom of the river. That it. I mean, culture is just washing over it. Now the good news is is that because the this church is engaging in culture, like they're asking the right questions. They're maybe they're not having a big impact yet, but you could see that there's waves that form in the river because of the rocks that are underneath it. So the problem is it's just coming too fast for that water to really linger around that rock. It's, it's past my, so, so the rock influences, it, it creates waves, it creates uh, some splashing, but, but the water keeps going. And I would say this is uh churches that are, that are really trying to reach people for Jesus th- through culture. Like they're trying to do it, but they're not, maybe they're not getting a lot of traction, but they're, at least they're in the water. And yeah. so I would say like, that's the right place to be. And, and right. you can make waves, even if it's rushing overhead of you.
1: That's right. Yeah. And probably some of the language that they're using are things like, uh, how do we create environments? You know, they're starting to think strategically about how to take some good things about our culture and the way we operate now and put them into action. But there's probably some gaps in our systems and process to, to make that real. Is that kind of the church you're talking about? They exactly have good, right. good heart, yep. good intentions, but follow through or maybe know how is kind of missing a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's like they're not able to really capture culture for very long. They're probably not able to capture people for very long, but but they're close. They're, they're mixing it up. And, and they are having an influence on the river's direction. Yeah, And so they are having, they do have a voice in culture to some degree. Mm-hmm. And then there's the the fourth kind of rock, which I think is the kind of rock that I want our church to be. And that's the kind of rock that's that's sticking out of the water and actually changes the direction of the flow. It creates a, a little eddy, it creates a little space where actually the flow of the water changes around it and actually stays there for a while. Stays around that rock for a while. And I feel like these are the churches that are strategically using the language of culture to share Jesus in a meaningful way that is impacting people's lives. And and I was thinking about that image of like that's a healthy church to me. And if you get enough of those healthy churches in the river, y- you stop the flow around the rocks completely and and they linger around those rocks indefinitely. And and so that was kind of the vision that I had. I love
1: it man. That's really good. <laughs> I see you need to go to Colorado more often and sit by the river. I like it. But so I mean, full disclosure, I mean, sort of let's get real about our situations. Where are you? What kind of rock is Tower Hill? What kind of rock is Marine View in that scenario?
0: Yeah, I think I think there are moments. I think there are moments when you see maybe it's tidal, (laughs) but there are moments when you see the rock sticking out of the water. And there are moments when the water's rushing right over top of us. I think we're somewhere in the middle of that, to be honest. I think there are moments where it feels like, yes, uh, or this area is working or this area is working, but, and then there are plenty of moments where it doesn't feel that way at all.
1: Yeah. I'd say we're kind of similar. And I imagine a lot of folks listening in, there are elements of your life that sound like that rock that's sticking out of the water or folks that aren't church. Uh, that are coming and getting invested, involved, hearing the gospel. Not necessarily even on a Sunday. But maybe in community with with folks from your congregation or something. Um, but I would say we're we're probably like that third rock a lot of the time. And then sometimes, if I'm really honest, there are still parts of our life that are like those first two rocks, yeah. where either we've lost touch and we don't know what to do in that area. Uh, of our life together, or where we've kind of said, "You know what? we don't like it, so we're not going to play, you know, and we so we go take our ball and go somewhere else. So, so some of those things you know we're still wrestling through to become uh, the kind of church that is relevant in our culture but still stands uh, for something that is life changing and life transforming. And so it's a journey. and so you know we're we're in that process of trying to to live more like that that fourth rock and uh, uh, it's, it's and tricky.
0: I, and I, I feel like, you know, the, the story of Nehemiah came to me. The fact that Nehemiah was very sad at the state uh, of the fact that Jerusalem was no longer relevant to culture. Yeah. It, it had been destroyed. It had been abandoned. It had been burned down. It no longer had an influence on the river. He was he was very sad about that. It said that he, he wept over that. And you could end the story there and be like a lot of churches end at weeping. They end at mourning the fact that the river no longer passes over them or, or they have no more influence on the river. But then Nehemiah decided to do something about it. And I think that's, that's why the growth conversation matters to me is because it's a conversation that's all about how do we do something to change that. Um, but making sure that we understand what growth looks like.
1: That's right. Yeah. I think it's really crucial, um, that we get clear about when we use that word growth, maybe there's even some other words we can sort of generate and think about because that, I do think that word growth is, it comes with some baggage. People get uncomfortable and nervous and you know, every, you know, there's a lot of complexity to the church simply because there's a lot of unhealthiness in there out there. You know, the, the televangelist that, you know, said God told them to buy a $56 million. Could you jet. believe, that? I, Could you believe I mean, that? Right. That's, cool. that's insane. What church member believes that? I don't know. I don't know. But he—if you want to talk about courage and boldness or whatever—I'm not saying he's I right. Guess. But, courage.
0: Man. I don't know what that is. I well, it's
1: maybe courage <laughs> is the wrong word. I would call it audacity. To—I <laughs> mean, that's crazy, right? But uh, yeah, wow. Uh, so yeah, let's get clear about the word growth and what we mean by that. You know, it comes to mind. Just go back to your rocks for a minute. There's probably a fifth rock out there too. A rock that is under the water so completely you don't even it, it's part of the culture and it's not impacting culture. It's just, yeah. doing the thing. and yeah. anyway, so there's, examples. I like that
0: one. I got to add a rock.
1: Yeah. You got to add a rock. I'm sure or, I can think or of a rock
0: one. that's carried away by the a
1: rock that is swept away right. by culture and, and yeah. loses its influence in that way. And I do think there's a lot of examples of those kinds of churches in culture that, that struggle to maintain sort of the distinction between sort of theological, standards and what god's values are and 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 embrace the messiness of real people in real life i I, you know um but uh yeah so maybe there's another rock or two that people could think of shoot shoot jason some
0: (laughs) some (laughs) that's (laughs) right Go to, Facebook, on rock. go to our Facebook page, go to Reclaim Leader Podcast, go there and, right. uh, and post a picture of the rock <laughs>
1: that you think your church is or that you think Jason should add to his illustration. That'd right? be
0: funny. That'd yeah, be funny. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. I'll give, maybe I'll give something to the most creative there. I think that's maybe,
1: right. Well, that I'm going to, I'm going to do it. it. Then what are you going to, what are you going to give?
0: I don't know. I can, I'll, I'll give Starbucks something though. Right? How about this? I would give a prize yeah. to a whoever prize. has. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. You're going to make it, you're going to gamify it and turn it into a Oh, reward. I'm
0: going like to gamify it, right? Yeah. Just, I learned
1: that word a couple of weeks ago, gamification. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm yeah, behind.
0: Yeah. You know, you're cool. You're cool. <sighs> um, so, so in talking about growth, uh, I think it'd be helpful. Let's go back to, uh, so Bob Weitzel, he was our first guest on our first episode, and he had this great way of kind of framing growth, which, uh, crazy enough is scriptural and uh not crazy enough that bob Weissel would do it crazy enough i was making a joke it didn't turn out that well yeah yeah we're gonna have to
1: edit that out sorry bob
0: yeah sorry bob yeah we'll just (laughs) now now we gotta leave it in because yeah that's right um, yeah uh anyway so bob takes uh acts 2 42 through 47 Uh, That whole piece about kind of the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So there's kind of four different areas that that Bob pointed out that I like to remind everyone of because I remind myself of this often. Uh, The first verses 42 and 43 talk about growth and maturity. Verses 44 through 46 talk about growth in unity. Verse 47 talks about growth in favor among the people. And then verse forty-seven also talks about growth in numbers. So numbers matter, but so do these other areas. I well, love how I, this is framed.
1: I love it too, and I love the way that Luke, of course, writes that. Who added to the number daily? Yeah, the Lord did it. The right. Lord. It's it's not. It, I mean, we that belongs to God. The part of where He gets a hold of someone's heart and draws them into community and they get to know Jesus and want to follow Him—that's God's deal. We are a huge part of that by being a contagious community that reflects that, that shows that, and that shares that. Uh, and Paul says that in other places how will they know, or how will they hear unless someone goes? So I love it. I think it's a great passage. And, um, so let's walk through that a little bit and talk about each of those. How do we grow in those things and trust the growth part, the, the, the salvation part or whatever, you know, that, that last part is, how do we trust that to God as we tackle these other things that grow in them?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. And so, now, if you're out there and you are experiencing growth in one or multiple areas of those, uh, enjoy it. Like, celebrate. Be thrilled. Like, hey, our, we have a small church in numbers, but, man, our our church family feels like we're growing so much in our maturity, in our sense of unity, in uh, how we're respected in the community. Like, just because you haven't grown Hugely in numbers doesn't mean that you aren't growing. For example, you might be in a church that is in a really small town. Where are all those people going to come from? Like, it's just not going to grow like it is in a place where you're in like a hot suburb of a big city where that's really expanding. There just aren't as many people to go around. And, but you can still be growing. And, and I think that's really important to remember. On the other hand, you know, like you can have a, a crowd. That doesn't mean you have a church.
1: That's right. Yeah. I love the criteria there that he gives that maturity aspect. You know, are people praying? Are they engaging in their faith? Are they growing in their faith? How would we measure that? Well, maybe you ask in some way. I don't know. You don't want to get too much into metrics. But, you know, do you say, you know, do you feel like you've taken steps this year to grow in your relationship with God? Uh, On a scale of one to five, uh, I've taken steps to grow what is it? And if you see, wow, last year we only, you know, we were averaging two or three and this year, you know, we're, we're like fours and fives this year. People are taking steps. So I think there's ways to measure that stuff. It's not super scientific, but the point is spiritual things aren't, aren't super scientific, right? But you can be growing to be a really healthy community, growing in maturity and growing in uh, unity, right? Your closeness in relationship as part of the work of the Holy Spirit to bring us together, right? To grow us together and I like that favor one. I remember Bob said this and you can go back and listen to that episode. If um, it was our very, was that our first one? It was I our very, very, very first
0: listen. episode. Yeah.
1: Wow. We should probably have him back on now that we've done this a little bit and probably know what we're doing. It'd <laughs> be a
0: little but, bit better.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think I was real shy that whole time. Cause anyway. Um, but one thing he said was, how do you know if you're growing in favor in your community? Go ask. You know, go to the local fire station or fire department, or to the mayor, or to the whoever out there, and say, "Hey, if our church was gone tomorrow, what impact would that have on you? Yeah, um, are we doing a good job of being a resource to our community and being a blessing to our community? And would you be willing to rate us on that? And then I'll come back next year and ask the same thing again and see if we've gotten any better at it. You know, there, there. I think there's ways to measure that. Again, not scientifically necessarily for to make it some stringent thing, but just to kind of get a sense, how are we doing in these areas? Are we getting better at our impact in our community or, or not? So there's ways to measure it. I think that are important.
0: And I think measuring is critically important. Like however you want to frame growth, I think is between you and your church and God and figuring out what that looks like. But I, I'm a strong believer that you need to measure whatever it is that is, because how else are you going to know if you're being right. effective? And That's even right. if it's subjective, it's apples to apples. Be subjective every year about figuring out kind of what that is, so that you know if you're getting closer to the target. Are, are, are we moving our church closer to the water? Are, are we having more of an influence in the culture around us? And I, you got to measure it. So I want to ask, right. just practically, right. Jesse, how do you how do you measure? Because I know we talk about measuring engagement. Sure. and that yeah. involves kind of some different things. Yeah. How do you measure yep. it?
1: Well, our uh, yeah, so we've kind of moved out uh, uh tried to move away from the attendance and, and giving as the kind of the two primary metrics, right? We we talked about those things matter. You got to pay attention to those and and if you're not, you're, you know, be careful. Um and we also know that um that those aren't the only metrics and in fact, they might not be probably the most important metrics for us. And so uh, the metrics that we've landed on as far as engagement, we're, we're more concerned that people are connected and engaged in the life of the church and in community with each other than we are that they show up every single Sunday or to every th- single activity or event. So we don't, the attendance part is is kind of information that we need to know, but it's not the metric that we go to to see if we're, if, if it's going well, or if we're, if we're growing. So engagement is, um, for us is if you're participating in three out of really five key behaviors in the life of the church. So if you're coming on Sundays somewhat regularly, right? For some people that's once or twice a month for some it's every, every week. But if you're connected in the life of the church on a Sunday morning, uh, that's one. Um, if you're serving in some way in the church or in the community, uh, around us, then you're engaged in your faith. You're, you're likely to be growing in your faith. If you're, um, uh, giving, Are you giving in the life of the congregation or being generous with with folks outside of the the church? Then you're probably engaged in your faith or growing in your faith or at least healthy in that way. Are are you inviting? Is one of our key criteria. Are you inviting people to come with you to a church activity or event or just inviting people into your life, into your home that are not church people? Uh, If you're doing that, that's great. If, If you're caring. That's fantastic. If you're, if you're reaching out to people and and loving them inside of the church and outside of the church, then that's great. And then our last one is is about groups. If you're in a group or a circle, then, you know, that's really one of, uh, one of our key metrics for engagement. But if you're doing three or three or four of those things, and we can look at you as a family and say, Hey, listen, their kids are involved in our youth and children stuff. Uh, They give, uh, you know, hopefully they continue to grow in that and they're coming regularly. it would be great if they got a little bit more consistent in their attendance, but they're engaged. They're part of the community. And so we're counting, we're sort of going um, that way. So we're counting engagement and touch points with people rather than attendance and giving as our primary metrics. And so the idea there is that we want to, instead of making people feel guilty or that the goal is to get them into the space every single week at a certain time, that we give them all kinds of ways to engage. So our, our, our Ustream channel is a way to engage. If you're not here, we'd love for you to listen in and check in. So It's our attendance on Sunday plus our Ustream channel, right? That's kind of, you got to kind of look at those things. And and, um, in a changing culture, again, that permission language to engage in all kinds of different ways and have that validated as a proper expression of your faith, because those are the kinds of behaviors that are going to help you grow in your love of God and your neighbor inside the church and in the community. If we can give permission for people to say, hey, listen, if you're in a group and you're coming pretty regularly on a Sunday, even if that's, you know, not super often for your family and your kids are engaged and you're serving. Hey, good job. We think you're encountering the kinds of things that God's going to use to grow your life with him and and grow your love for your neighbor inside the church and the community. So that engagement metric is what we're after. So we can point to a family and say, are they engaged? Yeah. And are we getting, are are we seeing more engaged families and individuals this year than we did last year? And that's, so that's one, one of our kind of keys that we look at consistently.
0: That's awesome. That, that's really helpful. I think we we do a lot of similar things. The way that we look at uh, everybody's kind of connection with the church, I think that's really important. One thing that we do on a staff level is every week we make sure the first thing we share are stories of life transformation or places where we saw God show up that's, in the life yeah, of the church. That's excellent. And we spend sometimes we spend half our meeting just on that because I want to get through to people that whatever the attendance said. In their specific ministry area, I want them to know that God is doing things, He's changing hearts, changing lives. for sure. That's the metric we care about. If we run out of those stories, uh, we're in big trouble.
1: Yeah, whatever the numbers are, if those yeah. stories don't show up consistently, then what was what's going on, right? I, I think that's crucial. So you get this really subjective experiential piece that you can't really measure, but is sort of the the fruit or the the evidence that it's it's working. Uh, yeah. that you're growing, right? Yeah, nice. Yeah. I love that. So to have that as part of your weekly discipline and not just something that happens sometimes, super important, nicely done. I, and I would say this too, I was um, somebody handed me a book um, called Rework. Um, I'll have to look at the authors here, um, Jason Fried and David Hansen, and they started a software company and they, on purpose, decided that they were not going to grow the company too large. In fact, their, their whole point was to be the healthiest version of a company their size that they could possibly be and be content with that. And I think there's something in their thinking that depending on your situation and who God is calling you to reach could be an important conversation. Uh, how do you simplify your life to be really effective at a handful of things? And if you're in a, a rural town and you're not, you know, there's not thousands of people to reach and bring in the doors. How can you grow to be the healthiest version of the church God is calling you to be? How can you grow toward that? And I was really inspired by this book, Rework. I don't agree with all their outcomes and and conclusions and some of their (laughs) strategies and stuff, but really insightful in the way that even organizations outside of the church are rethinking what growth looks like. uh, And that sometimes it's not about increasing the bottom line year to year. And sometimes it's not about you know growing your business to the point where you can sell it to the highest bidder and make millions of dollars, but to create something really valuable and healthy and good, um, just in and of itself for for the sake of doing that. So I think some of the growth that we could look at, Jason, is it's great if people are coming and we're reaching people that are not churched and they're getting to know and follow Jesus. But for some of us, that might not be an option depending on where our churches are. Yeah, it, it, at least not to scale, right? Well, hopefully we're reaching people. There's lost folks everywhere. But, um, where we can think about what does it mean to be the healthiest version of the church God is calling us to be and trusting that God will work through that to reach people with his good news. So I think there's lots of ways to think about and frame this conversation about growth that are different than, and maybe even better than attendance and giving, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what do you think? You like the idea about the rocks?
1: I think it's great, man. Nicely done. Yeah. In fact, that's you just gave me a sermon for Sunday. I was kind of coming up short. So,
0: no. Any, any way I could help? Anyway, yeah,
1: that's fantastic. Yeah,
0: no, really, really that's fun. good. Well, I mean, this is good. And again, like I said a few minutes ago, like if you're experiencing growth in these areas, celebrate that growth. What gets celebrated gets repeated you know, celebrate that growth everywhere that you're seeing it. I think that's really important because I know we've talked about this before. My default is not to celebrate, it's to keep moving, keep pushing. That's right. And, and I don't think that's always the best thing. So Yeah, I
1: think as, as leaders, that's that's where we are. We're always tackling the next problem, the next obstacle. We're a hundred yards out in front. It is so crucial. Um, I think one of like the three um, blog posts that I put on our thing, I know I'm supposed to write a lot more of those, so I'm sorry to everybody. But um one of the, one of them was about stopping as leaders to come back and celebrate with your staff and with your people, because I do think as leaders, we're out in front in a way that, um, it's not natural for us to stop and celebrate and we're just not good at it in our own personal lives, probably, or as certainly in the organizations we lead. So that is great insight to get disciplined about stopping to celebrate. So one thing we've done to do that, because it's not natural for me either is, um, we have just made a discipline on the third Sunday of the month. We're going to find something to celebrate publicly. Hopefully there's enough good stuff to to easily do that. It's only once a month, but man, so as part of the the regular rhythm of our life, we're going to stop to celebrate. And so, um, you know, I I don't know if that's going to get us all the way there, but uh, it's being disciplined about it in a way that hopefully um, lifts up the right kind of
0: stuff. Very good. Well, we're praying for all you ch- church leaders doing the hard work of, uh, trying to have an influence in culture, trying to move your church, uh, toward a position of a connection with the community and sharing the gospel, challenging people with the gospel. And that's, that's what this podcast is all about. And I hope that, I hope that you feel supported by us and I want to encourage you to reach out to us. If, if you have any questions, some of you have, I've, I've gotten a few, uh, folks reaching out to me, uh, recently and, and I love it. Any, you know, there's nothing proprietary <laughs> here about what we talk about. We're just trying to help as many pastors and church right. leaders as we can along the way. Cause, uh, we are you, you are us. We are, I mean, we're doing this together and, um, you know, we just decided to, talk about it in front That's of a right. microphone. And
1: yeah, and truthfully, <laughs> most of the stuff we're talking about, other than your really awesome rock thing that I hope people post Facebook <laughs> out and get the prize, whatever that is. So we'll see how good you are at celebrating here in a little bit uh, on Facebook. But um, is that we're taking stuff we've heard from other leaders and pastors and sharing it with you who out there, they said, none of, you know, this is God's stuff. So take it and use it. And, um, you know, hopefully it's it's helpful. And um, I feel like Jason, you and I have, um, been kind of it had a unique unique opportunity to bump into some best practices in the denominational church world, but also outside of those circles. And, uh, it's kind of how we're wired to kind of look for, for the, for good stuff, wherever it, it comes from, you know, yeah. it's from our crazy culture or something like
0: that. So, yeah. And, and speaking of good stuff, uh, this month, we are actually recording, we're batch recording a whole bunch of episodes oh, yeah. and we got some great guests, uh, coming up. I'm so excited about, and, uh, I can't wait for our our listeners to hear that and, and to get that content. Um, it's going to be great. Make sure that you can always go and get our show notes for each episode on reclaimleader.com uh, forward slash episode and then put the episode number. Uh, right. This this is episode 36 if, if there are notes uh, on this episode, but it's a resource. So we try to, try to connect you. We timestamp different ideas and when we talk about them and we right. we link to the
1: and here's kind of a little resources. game you might play. We we really want you to look at those episode notes. So I want you want you to go visit that episode link and then you have to tell us who wrote those episode notes? Was it Jason or was it? Just, it might be really easy to figure out. I don't know. <laughs> but but uh, anyway, uh, you can win a prize for that too. I don't know what your prizes are. That's okay. Tower The prize are. is
0: just knowing that you're awesome. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> cool. so uh, as, as we move forward next week, we're going to talk uh, fall planning. We're talking about strategy. Uh, this is the time. I, I know it's crazy. We're not even quite in summer or just in summer, but it's time to start thinking about, uh, how can we be strategic about the fall? And uh, so we're going to have a conversation about that next week, and then we're going to get into our uh, a bunch of our guests that we have coming up. Uh, we have some uh, someone from uh, Princeton Seminary. We have someone from Twelve Stone Church out in Atlanta. Uh, I mean, we got a whole wide variety of guests coming up. Uh, one of the authors of Growing Young. Uh, so I'm really excited, really excited for uh, for the next few episodes that we have coming up. So it's going to be it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And uh, again, we want to thank our sponsor, Belay Solutions. Uh, Belay, if you haven't checked them out, they're actually developing. I'm not sure if it's going to be ready for this episode. They're creating a new free download called a delegation matrix. We want to try to find a way to continue to give you value for free as you're checking out Belay. Uh, but it's basically how can you delegate as a senior leader and what are the things that you can delegate out? I think it's actually a really helpful tool and you get it for free. Yeah. Um, If you go to Belay Solutions, B E L A Y Solutions dot com, forward slash reclaimed leader, uh, you'll be able to get whatever the download is. I'm just not sure if it's going to be live this week or next week, but uh, pretty soon you get that delegation matrix. But I encourage you to check them out. They're a great company uh, who helps churches so much with taking care of that admin work that is bogging you down. So, uh, and maybe it's bookkeeping or you need a webmaster. They have all of those things. Encourage you to continue to check out Belay. Anything yes, else right. before we uh, sign No, off I was just going to just-
1: say, if, if you have more questions about Belay, you can actually go back and listen to the episode we did with the, the founders of Belay. And, um, they're, they're, they're great folks. Yeah, Brian
0: and Shanna Miles. They were great. Yeah.
1: They're they're fantastic. So if you want to learn a little more just about who who those people are, that would be a, br- a great place to start as well. So, uh, Jason, thanks, man. It's always good to, to connect with you and to share, you know, that uh, our, our kind of our thoughts and stuff on whatever is going on in our hearts and lives. And man, that that you set a high bar with the rock. The river, <laughs> Rocks in the rock river, thing.
0: man. Yeah, man, it's good Rocks stuff. So, in the river.
1: Uh, Jason or Jesse at reclaimleader.com. You can email us and or hit us up on Facebook and we'll go from there. So thanks to everybody and we'll catch you the next time around.
0: Thank you for listening to Reclaimed Leader. Join us next time for more insights, interviews and resources to help you in your leadership journey.